All right. Welcome back to the uh, Strength Starts Here podcast, episode five. five. Today we're going to have a little BS talk on some, maybe a little gym myths. Yeah. And uh, if it's uh, overtraining or under recovering. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think that's probably the biggest myth. That's the, right, right. right? No, I, I agree 100%. I think this overtraining, we hear about it all the time, especially from probably the uh, maybe physical therapists, mm-hmm. sometimes, sometimes your trainers. There's just a lot of it out there on the internet. You know, when, when are you overtraining too much? What's causing that? Um, and I disagree, and I agree 100% on both of it. I think it has everything to do with how we think, mm-hmm. and that is a little bit more in the lines of, are you under-recovering compared to overtraining, And what does that mean? So if you want to take it from there, start off a yeah. little bit. So I think for me, the uh, I kind of fall, I, I fell into this early, early in like, you know, my career in strength sports of, you know, believing that I was overtraining. So then I would dial back my training or whatnot. And it wasn't necessarily that I was overtraining. It was that I wasn't stretching. I wasn't eating right. I wasn't, uh, you know, sleeping enough. Whatever the, whatever it was outside of the gym that I wasn't doing. Um, And I think like when you first start lifting for a lot of people, you think that everything you do in the gym is enough. Right, and then you know you leave, and then it's just life, life outside the gym, and then gym life. So, um, I think the more serious lifters, you know, the ones that kind of have it figured out, uh, they focus more on that eating, you know, for performance. Right, that's probably the biggest one. I think, you know, eating for the performance, and then also sleeping. I think those are the two things that if a lot of lifters did and corrected on themselves, they would be able to push themselves harder in the gym, right? Um, you know, you can't... If you're waking up after getting four hours of sleep to go do fasted cardio because you stayed up too late the night before, well, you didn't sleep long enough. And, you know, uh, like like they say, you're stepping over dimes or stepping over dollars for dimes. Is that what it is, right? So you got to make sure you're doing the right stuff to be able to recover correctly. And like I said... To me, it's if I'm not getting enough sleep or, you know, good enough sleep, that's that's the big thing, too. You know, for a lot of us, the uh, we might be sleeping for 10 hours, but we're not actually asleep for 10 hours and our body's not in that recovery zone. Um, so then we have to, you know, whether you do sleep gummies or CBDs or whatever it is that you do or CPAPs, right? So making sure that sleep is quality, uh to make sure that, you know, now I sleep for six to seven hours, but it's solid sleep, you know, my machine tracks it. So it tells me that, you know, I'm, I've, I've hit those levels of REM and I'm actually recovering while I sleep. Or if you have allergies like you do now yeah. <laughs> and you're trying to wear the CPAP, it'll actually show you that the quality wasn't as good. Exactly. So you, you got to get a nap in maybe or... You know, uh, take an extra rest day or, right. or just try to clear up the allergies somehow. Yeah, and like... It's been uh, a little rough over here lately. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's, these desert, desert allergies get me. Um, I've never really had allergies yeah. until this year. And I was just telling you earlier, I was just sitting there on my computer, like, eyes are just like wet and crying. Like, what yeah. the heck's going on here? 
Yeah, it was about two years ago that uh, it got so bad. Like I went with I went like a month without my machine. Mm. Finally went and saw an allergist and was able to. Just because um, the machine don't work, if you can't breathe. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> you know, there's nowhere for the air to go. Yeah. Uh, and then um, so I went and saw an allergist and, and got tested and started the allergy shots and they they helped. But then at a certain point, my body like almost rejected them, I guess. Yeah. So I had like a systemic inflammation. Everywhere. Though. Everywhere, yeah. Like it was, I got off of the allergy um, shots. I was taking them, I think by the time I was done, they were every other week, mm-hmm. you know, and um, to a one-to-one ratio of the allergen. And uh, once I got off of those, I lost like 10 pounds, mm-hmm. just an inflammation, you know. It was that bad. I, I felt terrible. And again, I was pushing myself in the gym. But I wasn't, my body wasn't processing everything that I was giving it right. I wasn't sleeping well. I wasn't doing this. Um, so well, I, I was I was under recovering. Well, and so much of recovery is reducing inflammation. Right. And then now you have all these allergies. <laughs> You're giving yourself the allergy, the allergen, you know, so yep. your body can create an antibody for it. And it just wasn't happening. So you're mm-hmm. totally double the inflammation at that point yeah. on top of adding in, you know, if, if your diet's not all the way on spot, you know, you're adding in incorrect foods that might add some inflammation as well. Right. right? It guts everywhere, muscles, yeah. um, on top of it all. But a couple of things you were touching on for that, um, you know, under recovery portion of it, and uh, you went through a whole bunch of things, so I'll try to catch what I can remember <laughs> there. But, um, you know, for me, it was, you know, I kind of, what's the priority? And I think that would kind of help people as well. I think sleep is key. Mm-hmm. And I think for a business owner and a guy that's always just cranking and going all the time, I mean, my average sleep while I do what I do was five hours last year. And that was up from three hours. And that's, I didn't feel good at all. You feel like crap, but I'm still, I was still able to train and lift some PRs and some heavyweight in my powerlifting. But at some point in time, it's oh, your body will break. It's right. not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Absolutely. You know, just in pushing those weights anyway. And then if you're under recover, you know, under repairing, not getting enough sleep. So my whole goal when I when I got off the stage last year, uh, September, it's like, what do I need to focus on for this next coming year? And the number one thing was sleep. Mm-hmm. Was I got to get my sleep up? You know, so we got it up uh, to seven hours of sleep. Now I just I don't do anything unless I get that seven hours. Yeah. Maybe occasionally I'll get a six hour night. Dude, I feel it. It's crazy how much I feel it. When you're always running in a deficit, your body becomes a certain way. Oh yeah. But uh, now that I get those seven, I feel so much different. My lifts are so much better. Now I'm trying to push it to eight hours, you know, I'm trying to get the nine, you know, get a nap in if I can because it is so critical to how I feel and how I perform, not just for the muscle and the strength and, and the, uh, you know, tearing down the muscles and hurting your elbows and shoulders and hips, but also for the uh, your gut health. Yeah. You got to get that sleep for the gut health. I and mean, when you're eating seven to, or, you know, six to eight times a day, if your gut's locked up, man, because you're not getting enough sleep, you just end up bloating. You feel like crap. You got a whole other set of problems. Well, so you're not processing your proteins. You're yeah. None of the nutrients are hitting. So. so I think that number one on the the overtraining for me wasn't overtraining necessarily. It was just undersleeping mm-hmm. was my number one recovery issue. Um, so I've worked on that. It's a lot better. Then also, you know, the guy that's out there working construction or doing, you know, manual labor, 
it's 110 degrees out here in the summer. Is he hydrating enough on top of right. it, right? And is he getting enough breaks to fuel that? Fuel fuel his work for while he's out there, as well as when he comes into the gym and, and hits it hard. Is he getting enough hydration? Um, and then as you get into the, you know, that's more of your just your average dude, right? But as you get into a little bit more competitive, you know, are we eating enough times a day mm-hmm. then on top of it all? So... I think yes. and eating the right stuff too, right? Yeah, because you're trying to re, you know reduce inflammation. Yeah. Everything that you're doing in the gym, and I think that's that common myth that we were chatting about. You know, oh, I was at the gym. I, I did five hours of training yeah. this week at the gym. Maybe I got six hours. Of, that's all I got to do. Goes home and has a fucking hot dog and some some burgers. Yeah, and and maybe a beer. You know, and and but does that religiously every day, and then wakes up in the morning and has his his donut and his coffee and. Maybe a protein shake because he thinks that's what it takes. Oh, that's, that's balance you're after, you know? Right, <laughs> that balance, right? <laughs> but you know, as you, but then you see these same guys looking the same way all the time. Oh yeah. And there's never any progression with their lifts, and and you know what? Maybe they're coming into the gym, and all they're trying to do is just give them that mental break that they need. Great, great. Yep. great. But when you're trying to get to that next level and to be a competitive lifter or a step on stage, you, you need to have. You need to start bringing all those things into a row. And, and food is one of those things that comes next on the line. The types of foods can add inflammation to mm-hmm. your body. So if you're constantly eating the fried foods and the foods that are, you know, you know, not to get into a whole other line here, but are we eating too much protein? I see a lot of young, a lot of young gals thinking that they just got to, just if I get my protein in, that's all I need. But there's right. a little, there's a little bit more to that, and that's adding undue inflammation on the body, undue stress on the kidneys, and we don't need that, you know, as we're trying to improve. Um, but, um, and then also, training. So I think it, for me, it's in that kind of order of sleep, because sleep is so important for how you perform, how you feel, how your gut repairs, hydration throughout the day is key. Um, adding, you know, salt to every meal, not necessarily having to stress out and worry about it, but are, are we getting enough salt for the output that we're doing right. in the environment that we're in, you know, being a hot environment where you're drinking a lot of, a lot of fluids, are we also adding in the electrolytes and then also the foods, are we eating the foods consistently through the day to maintain that training style that we're trying to thrive for? And then as well as what type of foods are we eating during that? Yep. And with that, you know, uh, too much of those things, right? So you got to find that balance. Right. You know, uh, if you're having six Gatorades a day, you're probably doing too much, you know, because there's very few people that go into the gym that actually need that much, you know, right. re, you know rehydration. Um, well, that, I think that brings up another myth, too. Right. That Gatorade is a hydrator. Yeah. And I think it's... It's not. Gatorade is intentionally made to be mixed 50-50 with water, actually. Yeah. And now people use it more as a, as a flavored drink right. instead of what it was actually made for. Um, for the Florida Gators, you know, in a hot environment, humid environment, but they would mix it half and half, 50-50 in the 80s when, they, when Gatorade came to life. Hmm. But um, yeah, it's just a ton of sugar, too. So is, it, yeah. is the dude during his training utilizing that much glycogen yeah. to need that much sugar, too? They're out there, I'm sure. Yeah. There's but. guys that need X, but, you know, like you said, if you're reading a forum for the top-level top, top level athlete and you're just starting, there's probably a little bridge in there that we right. need to gap before we get there. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, you know, too much of that those supplements, too much of the wrong foods, you know, too much of the right foods, too, for that matter, mm-hmm. right? You know, like you were saying, you can have too much protein, now you're putting stress on your kidneys, and now you're, you know, like, now you're causing other issues that oh, yeah. just, you know, just avoid. Um, and, and I think that you could almost look at, at most lifters, you know, and again, the ones that want to progress and everything. And like an intermediate guy getting into yeah, you know, semi competitive, whatever it is. Um, if they've stalled, right, or they're just really, really slow to progress, um, you can almost just, what are you doing outside the gym? Mm. What is it, you know, once you leave here, tell me your day. And you fix two to three of those things like we talked about, and, and that progress is going to reignite. And you're going to do it again. And then, you know, maybe they fall back off of it and then you got to redirect them again. But I think for any lifter that's out there, you know, um, if, if you're doing it on your own or you're, you've got a coach or something, look at what you're doing outside the gym, you know. Um, and, and don't blame you being sore. Don't blame, you know, on the fact that you went too hard at the gym. Now that, you know, newcomers, they want to come in and start throwing around big weights and stuff. Well, Yes, you overtrained, mm-hmm. right? Like you overtrained for what you're capable of doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know you do that too long, and now you're broken. And then you know now you blame overtraining. Well, again, slow progression, but recover correctly. Mm-hmm. You know, and and build up on that. I kind of look at things as percentages sometimes mm-hmm. in my in my mind. That's how I kind of work. You know what what is the what are the levels of my buckets? What are the buckets? You know. If we're in the gym for five hours a week, let's say it's 10 hours. Let's say we do two hours a day, five days a week. Well, how many hours are there in a week? And if you think that the, those 10 hours mean everything, it's really probably only 5 to 10% of your overall growth is going to be yeah. actually f- completed in the gym. Right. 30% of it should be sleeping. 30% of your life... If you're training at an intermediate to a little bit more aggressive level of competition, probably should be resting at some point where you're actually in sleep, repairing that body, repairing the gut. Um, and then, you know, the food, how much of that, if you're eating six times a day, that becomes quite a bit of your life there, yeah. you know, so that that's a higher percentage. We tend to focus on, oh, I lifted weights. Well, that's 5%, yeah. uh, 10% maybe, and it's a very small portion. Now, you need to maximize that 10%, just like you need to maximize every one of these things um, for so you do not overtrain, right? Um, but also just looking at it kind of like, okay, where am I putting my, you know, as a business owner, I'm always standing back and trying to look, where am I putting my resources as, as we're building the business? You know, does it make Yeah, this is what I want to do, but is that going to really bring the profit here? So yeah. we got to focus on the nuts and bolts first before we do the fun things like buying new equipment, right. you know, <laughs> and, and some of the, you know, fun stuff like that. But, um, but then there is also the point where you, you have your sleep dialed in. Mm-hmm. You do have your training dialed in. Um, Maybe the next thing on the line would be a little bit of body work, right? You know, when you do tweak and injure yourself, because you do end up pushing yourself to a little bit higher level right before a competition, right? Your weights increase past the 80 to 85%. You're not doing sets of 10 anymore. You're doing one rep maxes, three rep maxes. You know, that just increases your chances of an injury. 
just going over that 85%, yeah. statistically, it increases by like 87% as soon as you go over the 85 90% of your one rep max in any lifts. So as a bodybuilder, you know, we tend to put a little bit more emphasis on the volume, but you still can lift heavy weights with X amount of volume yeah. where you're breaking that 90% threshold and you just start to start, start increasing your risk of injury. So then at that point, are, are we repairing, are we giving enough time off Instead of going, oh, I only have 16 more chest sessions before I got to step on stage. Instead of going, well, let's back off for one week, change the exercise around, still target the muscle, but let's give the elbow a little room to breathe. You know, and right. I just went through a similar thing. Um, and I'm repairing it while still actively progressing. So, um, you know, get, getting the taping or the scraping or the massage therapy, you know, chiropractic if, if you need it. Um, I think that would be in that order is how I see it. I don't know how you see it. Like sleep, hydration, food, you know, and then. And then the body work. And then probably into the body work, you know. Yeah. N nutrition and then the body work. Yeah. No, and I think I'd agree to that. Um, you know, a lot of us let a little injury go too long, you know, and try to train through it. And, yeah, 100%. right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, think, I can deal with the pain and then it well, turns it, into something. Yeah, and then now you got an imbalance that's causing another issue. And then, you know, so, um, again, you're not overtraining it. You're under-recovering it. Mm -hmm. You know, so you got to go back and you got to, okay, you know, let's work on this elbow. Let's figure out what's going on. Um, and maybe analyze how you got there in the first place. Right. Was it lifting because you only had two hours of sleep? And that's what broke it? Yeah. Was it going too heavy when you didn't really need to? Was it, you know? It's usually mine. I, I, <laughs> dude, I love to lift heavy. And that's yeah. my common denominator always. I'm trying to have a paradigm shift in my thought process toward yeah. weights. But I just like to lift heavy. Now it's like, okay, we'll lift heavy, but it's got to be at X amount of reps as the yeah. minimum reps. And you still can <laughs> go pretty heavy. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, it, it's, uh, you know, so then... After body work, you know, I think if you got all those in there, there's really, is there more that you can do? You know, I think at that point. Um, Becomes the very, very little things. In there. Yeah. And, and I would say like after the body work and, and you're still, you know, maybe still getting these niggles. Um, look at what exercises you're doing. Mm -hmm. Are they putting you in a certain plane that, you know, doesn't work with your mechanics you know, should you switch them up, you know, and then, and then that would be the next myth is that, uh, you know, some people want constant changes. Some people want to stay on a program for six months of the same program. Um, I do think that four to five weeks is that, uh, to me, that sweet spot, you can see the progression, you can change up some movements. Um, and not necessarily all of them. No, right. Because if you're doing... If you're doing powerlifting, you're doing strongman. There's certain movements we've we've got to do. Your key lifts that you you got to incorporate. Right. So we're probably not dropping a squat, you know. But but maybe instead of you know a barbell squat, we're you know changing it up to a Hatfield, or we're changing it up to you know to another variation of it. But in the, at the end of the day, it's still a squat, right? So. Um, so that's where it comes down to that, you know, if you've gotten an injury or. Yeah. Now you've had one and you don't want to get one again. Yeah. You know, having that little refresher every four to six weeks where you're just looking at all your lifts, seeing how your progression's yeah. going, thinking about how you're feeling, seeing if everything else is in line, and then making those adjustments on the lifts. So, you know, maybe you're just 
fatigue it in your posterior chain every single week because you look at your training and it's like well i'm doing deadlifts i'm doing good mornings uh, on on back day I why. and then on, on, <laughs> you know and, th- and that's your your hamstring day yeah you know? and then on on your squat day you're doing squats you're doing you know like well maybe we need to go to a belt squat and give a little relief or yeah maybe we need to back off of the the good mornings and maybe do the reverse hyper or something like that you know and just make these little adjustments so you find what still can activate and work the muscle but not take it to failure and that's for me that's where i found is the lower back yeah. fatiguing fast and i think once i think that might be true for most of us too that lift at a high level um that posterior chain gets taxed first because that spine erect your yep. spinal erectors are working all day long whether we want it or not oh, otherwise yeah. we wouldn't sit upright right or stand upright it sort of constantly puts so much stress there's other ways to work around still work those muscles and save those for once a week right know? so i agree with that 100 yeah so if you can if you can kind of change up the training style even right you know give your body another plane to work on i think we talked about that last uh, last week you know if you're constantly in that you know same plane of motion you know then those injuries are just going to continue to happen so give your body a break work on some accessory movements you know and uh and really you know again you're you're helping the recovery process of that posterior chain Mm -hmm. if you kind of do a different movement that's still building it but you know just the adductors and abductors like we talked about you know Mm -hmm. Those are just going to help, you know, make this section better, right? So Ch- changing, you know, if your hips are starting to hurt. Look at your stance of your squat or your stance of your deadlift. Yeah. Do we need to, if we're far enough out in our our meat prep, you know, whether it's a strongman event or a powerlifting event or bodybuilding for that matter, can we change that movement up to a wide stance? Yeah. From a narrow stance, and will that relieve the hip and still activate what we're trying to grow? Right. And I think that that's where maybe strongman has the upper hand in that. Um, because I think with strongman, you can adjust your stance, you know, and still be working that movement for an event, right? You know, because right, what is the purpose? Right, we do our events, and then everything behind that is just to make that event better, right? For that training session, you know, we're doing log. Okay, well, we got to do some more presses. We got to do some tricep. We're going to do some, you know. Whatever it is, you know, calf raise, whatever you want to do, that you think is going to make your log press better, um, you know. So if you're constantly switching your your foot placement on a squat or something like that, well, no, it doesn't matter, you know, how wide that stone is. It doesn't matter, you know, how wide you got to go for the bag pick or you know whatever. So I think you that's have more room to play. Yeah, right. And then if you can train in different, you know, positions and, and uh, placements. It just makes you a more rounded strongman, you know. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, you might not be able to go as heavy on you know a super wide sumo squat as you can on your like normal powerlifting squat, right? But at least you can give a little relief while you're bringing that. Yeah, up, saving it for the event, exactly. You know? so, it's still working. Yeah, and I think it brings up another myth, you know, or myth. Maybe it's not called a myth, but you know, just because one guy did X on his routine for let's say it's leg day doesn't mean that you need to use his same exact accessories to his squat to be as strong and look as him. Everybody right. is individual toward to the individual. Yeah. Right? Specific to the individual. So there are some movements that I will steer away from 
because I get injured three out of five times yeah. when I do that movement, but I still can grow that body part using a different variation or accessory. So if you are getting to that intermediate level, you know, and getting a little bit more advanced, maybe a little guidance from a good coach that's been down that road yeah. before that can see what's going on and go, like, oh, shoot, maybe, you know, you're not pushing through your heels on that deadlift. We're going to go warm up on the leg press. Like you've used that yeah. example quite often. Um, warming up the adductors and abductors for me is a huge thing now. Because you get so used to this frontal plane, we forget to move side to yeah. side. So adding that in just balances the body out. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and so it's reducing um, overtraining. Right? Yeah. Because now we're able to give this a break, still work the muscles, but we're now doing it in a different plane. And I guess, like, let's real quick, let's define overtraining. My definition of it would be injury prone, right? Being injury prone in a certain movement or not. Um, And then just that constant body fatigue, right? So if you're... If you're trying to combat those things and you know, you know, you're not just trying to not overtrain because I think people that, you know, oh, I don't want to overtrain. Instead of doing four sets of 12, they're doing three sets of six or, you know, but same weight, you know, but I don't want to overtrain. So I'm just going to cut the weight, cut the reps, cut the set and I'll be okay. Well, that's, that's unnecessary, right? So I think my overtraining I think would be different from yours, absolutely, right? Like how many times have we been out of town and we went and hit up a gym and then I tried to jump in on the, you know, your shoulder workout when we were up at, um, yeah. right? Scottsdale. Yeah, in Scottsdale. And, uh, you know, that was overtraining for me. Mm-hmm. You know, and by the end of the workout, I was like, eh, I'm screwed. Yeah. You know? <laughs> different training styles, yeah. too. So you, you got to do what's right for you, too, right? Yeah. And right, and at that point, I wasn't used to, Yeah, you were like in bodybuilding prep. You were, you know, hitting the, getting ready for stages, and um, that wasn't me. I was getting ready for one rep max logs. I was getting ready for, you know, yoke walks. You know, so um, my body had been conditioned differently. But maybe four years ago, I could have hung a little closer, right? Right. Yeah, I think I. I also think too. (laughs) We tend to be a little bit more. Pushing the threshold. Like, yeah. if, if this is overtraining and this is max output, we're right there yeah. every training session. Well, you bought the whole speedometer. Don't just park <laughs> it, right? Exactly. <laughs> so the pedal goes all the way <laughs> down, bro. You can There's keep a reason why it goes all the way. <laughs> um, so I think in looking at it from that perspective, being a, in a you know trying to be the elite you know, and, and maximize everything all the time, we want to come all the way up to that line. Touch it, but not cross it. Right. right. And and if every session is like that, if you are not on in all those other areas we chatted about, or you go from, all right, last week we did squats at 500 pounds for three sets of five, but this week we're doing 405 for four sets of 10. Doable. Yeah. Maybe the miserable. Miserable anyway, because <laughs> just the rep range is up. Yeah. So, so a dude that's always training under that five rep max, yeah. And now all of a sudden he's going to do a ten by ten day with two twenty five, yeah. Ten squats or ten sets of ten with two twenty five or three fifteen. Does that it sounds miserable? Yeah. I know I could do that right now because that's what I've conditioned my body yeah. to, and I'm going to stay away from the three rep heavy yeah. set right now because it doesn't fit what I'm trying to do at the time. Right. So 
I think younger guys and you know more beginner intermediate guys can get away with bouncing back and forth because their yeah. true output isn't what an experienced athlete's right. true output is. You know, when Marshall or you or I get under the bar and that's a heavy lift, that's a heavy lift. Right. I mean, that's that's it right there. You know, we're putting it all out right now. Um, compared to when you're young, it's like, well, that went up. You don't yeah. know where your levels are at. You're still trying to figure yeah. your body out. When you get done and the guy goes, yeah, man, you got another 80 pounds. Yeah, and you're like, well, what the hell? <laughs> you know, I don't know. <laughs> so I think there's that... You know, there's a lot of little factors that factor into overtraining as well, right? Yeah. Um, but, it, you know, to keep it simple in general, you know, follow your plan. Make progressive improvements week, whether it's reps or a little bit of weight. As long as that goes up every week, you don't have to push a max every week. And, and I think that is a common misconception. No, not a misconception. That's a common thing I see. Oh, yeah. Especially with the younger dudes and gals that come in. More so dudes, because we got egos. Mm-hmm. You know, they just like, well, let's try to get that 500-pound deadlift today. We didn't get yeah. it last week. Let's try it again this week. Well, maybe <laughs> if we just took four weeks to kind of yep. four to six, maybe even eight. I like a little bit longer ones, 12 weeks. We can go right past that. And I, I had a kid exactly that did this. So for six months trying to get this 500-pound deadlift. Almost every week he's in the gym. Yep. Like, dude, so he started coaching with us. In three months, his first comp, he pulled six. 12, yep. 12 weeks later. Yep. We had to start him back down, and, and prog- his body was overtraining for what he was eating and how he was repairing. He yeah. was overdoing it. The body doesn't respond; it saves itself. It's got a, your body has a. It always wants to save itself. It's saving it for Armageddon when the end of the world comes, because we come from the old uh, <laughs> animals and caveman style. You know, we were waiting for the the one saber tooth to come <laughs> eat our family and we're saving it for to fight that one animal, you know? So our bodies in a way kind of protect ourselves. Yeah. That way. We have to mentally push past that, but do it in a progressive way to where we're not overtraining, overlifting for our abilities at the time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, that, uh, that concept of taking five weeks or, you know, in your case, uh, 12 weeks with that one, um, I think I think if you if you continuously fail, right, you're teaching your body that that's what you're gonna do. You know, so if you fail for six weeks straight on that deadlift, you're not walking up and getting it on that seventh week. Yeah. Right. Like your body already knows. If you're mentally, at six weeks physically, already, <laughs> it knows. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but take three weeks to five weeks, repair. You know, do some light dead work, deadlift work. You know. Maybe and then some... and then come back on that sixth week off, it'll fly. Yeah. You know, and it's almost it's really that easy. You know, I think you know you can get a little more technical with it if you want. If the and... bar's moving, let's say that. I'm yeah. sorry. If no, the bar's think... stuck on the ground every time, and yeah. your max should be 405, but you're trying to pull 500, no yeah. amount of time off is going to give you that. <laughs> right. But I'm I'm just saying, like if you're constantly trying to pull, yeah, that and it's not happening. Just. Without getting too technical, just backing off the weight and yeah. doing sets of five or six mm-hmm. for one week, and then you know maybe increase the weight a little bit and bring the set, bring the reps down yeah. to five. And you know if you can just do that, steadily increasing the weight, steadily dropping the reps, you're not overtraining. Maybe do some partial work. Yeah, you know deficit pulls, maybe some uh, box pulls, things like that. So we are not overstressing the whole body yeah. every single time you're in there. And uh, so that brings me into another myth, right, that failing's not okay, right? If you fail a lift, a lot of people let that get in their head, right? 
I think the gym is the perfect place to fail. Your right. pract- it's a practice ground. Right. How many times did you fall on your face when you tried to walk when you were a kid? Yeah, I don't you remember. Know? I was small. Shit, I'm 34, and I still fall on my face <laughs> trying to walk sometimes. You yeah, know? I haven't mastered that yet. <laughs> no. Are you overtraining we'll or under-repairing here? See, I try to walk a lot, so it must be overtraining. See? I need to lay down more. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'm done. And then you get a rest more. Yeah. This is a good thing. <laughs> the, uh, but, right, like, if, if you're failing that... Let's say, again, the deadlift scenario. 475 is your max, and you're going for a 500. You know you can get 475, no problem, you know, but 500 is your goal, and you fail it. That's okay, mm-hmm. you know. Um, there, there's work to be done, you know. How much time did you take off? How much recovery did you do? You know, what, what additional work did you do to get to that 500? You know, do you deserve it yet? You know, did you fail it because you don't deserve it? Because you didn't put in the work, and you just... You know, saw a cute girl in the gym, so that's why you're going for 500 tonight. You know, so did you just get that 475 last week and right. you thought you could do 500 this week? Yeah, there right. are people built like that. For sure. Odd, well, but. I was going to mention there. <laughs> there is a caveat to Melissa being one of these people. Yeah, I'll tell a quick little story. In the gym one time, she's she only has give her coach gives her percentages. Mm-hmm. I normally, when I program, I give a weight so the, the guys don't have to think about. It. I just want you to hit this. Don't worry about what yeah. you're. She's given percentages. So she, she pulls this number out of her head. It was a deadlift at the time, and I think she had to pull 425. She's passed that now. It's a couple years ago. But she wanted to pull 425 that night for her percentage. It really didn't have to be 425. Yeah. It was the number she put in her head. It could have been 415, and it was still been on the program, right? So she picks the 425, doesn't get it, gets pissed off. We go. It's, it's already 10 p.m. at night. It was two exercises, and she never quits a session. She'll stay there the whole time. We go home. We eat, take a nap. She gets up at 2 in the morning, comes back in here. I didn't go with her at the time. I'm like, it's you're, you're kind of crazy. Yeah. And if I pulled a max attempt and didn't pull it and came back five hours later, it still ain't coming off yeah. the dang ground. I'm already smoked. Yeah, It's going to be four days before I do it. She came back in, and she got it. So there's a very small percentage of people like that, but yeah. they are out there. Yeah. I just happen to have one in our facility. Right. And live with her every day. So yeah. this is not just there. It happens in other areas as yeah. well. But, but, yeah, I mean, did you make too big of a jump? Was it 405 last time, and all of a sudden you're like, six weeks later, I should be at 425, and you do it. Maybe that was too much. I mean, if yeah. that if four oh five was truly your max six weeks ago, maybe four fifteen is the next jump. Maybe four ten is. I was gonna say you know? maybe because one. I mean, in a whole prep, whether it's twelve weeks to, and I'm getting a little deep here. Twelve weeks yeah. to six months, man. You could, if you gain five percent on your lifts, that's a major accomplishment. Once you're a decent lifter, once you're yeah. intermediate, intermediate to elite lifter, if you can do five percent on your lifts over six months, that's a massive improvement. Yeah. Um, and if you're trying to do that in six weeks sometimes, or, you six know, days. Yeah, six, six days, hours, six hours, <laughs> shit. Yeah, so well, be realistic with yourself yeah. is kind of what it comes down to. Are you being realistic, you know? And what is, and, and I think that there's certain, you know, um, certain numbers that make a five pound jump acceptable. Right. Right. So to me, I, th- I think like a 405 deadlift. You know, starts that like especially for a female too, right? Oh, shit, how many females we got deadlifting four hundred five these days? I'm just, I'm just saying. Yeah, like, no, definitely. There's a lot of different factors in there. You yeah, know? I mean, if if a dude's three hundred pounds 
and he's been doing this for 10 years, and he's pulling right. 15 and throw five on, that's a little ridiculous. Well, so if you've been lifting that long, you probably and, and you're not over 315 on your deadlift yet, uh, yeah, you're under-recovering. And so you're a perfectly healthy individual. <laughs> you got everything going for you. Yeah. You're not doing it. That, at that point in time, we need to work on this guy yeah. a little bit. Right. So I think that... It's usually not the case, but... Yeah, I, I think that, like, you know, newer lifters and, you know, obviously not the seasoned ones because, you know, it, it's a different realm, I guess. I always, I always preface that because yeah. I tend to, and maybe you do too, but I tend to live in that thought process of, like, hold on. We're talking about a brand new guy here. Yeah, <laughs> right. And sometimes when I when I uh, when I program for people, it's it's hard for me to. Okay, well mm-hmm. maybe we don't do a twenty pound jump this week. Maybe it's only that five pound jump, and that's okay. You know, so you know, smaller, you know, new lifter, four hundred five deadlift, and then in six weeks, you know, let's say he goes to four ten. There you go. Well, that's that's pretty damn good. Especially if that was his max, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, that's nothing to, to you know be bashful about. I don't no. think, you know, um, I, I tend to be a little different on it because you know, and you know, uh, one of Joe doesn't appreciate the fact that like my deadlift warm ups start at four oh five, so he comes into the gym and uh, he he starts his workouts. He's a he's a warm up king, you know. He warms up all the way um, by like tens the whole way to four oh five. Damn near, you know, but, um, you know, I, I warm up at 405, so my next jump is 495. Well, there's some people in the gym, they're like, no, if I was at 405, like, my next jump is 455 or 425, you know, so I think it's it's different, right? It also depends on where you're at Yeah. as a competitor. Yeah. As I mean, that's a, um, muscle maturity. Yeah. That's age in the gym, you know, it's kind of gym wisdom, maybe, you yep. call it. But it's also individually based, too, because now I've crested that age point to where I have to do plate quarter, plate quarter, plate quarter. Even if I'm going to get to 700 pounds, yeah. I have to warm up all the way there. Right. Otherwise, I'm pulling something. Yeah. And it's ridiculous. It's a, it's frustrating because it's 45 minutes into my training yeah. before I'm like, all right, can we start now? Because it like, takes that long for this old guy to get going. And, and I think that that's maybe my downfall, right, And um, is that I don't – I don't know. I hesitate to say this on camera. I don't have this, <laughs> I don't have the stamina, you know, in in the squat rack to be able to do those kind of jumps. Right. You know, it's it's plate 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 up to five eighty five. You know, and then then I'll go six thirty five, and then you know. So I was using an example. I yeah, am, yeah, absolutely. I'm a plate jumper. Yeah, you know. So, but there are people who, you know, and that's the other myth. You know, another myth in there. Well, I've been training just as long as you. I've been. I'm near the same size as you. I should be lifting what you do. Well, no. It's different, dude. Yeah. You know, there's um I mean we got a dude in here, he's probably two twenty. Yeah. I was gonna say no more than two thirty for sure. Yeah, and he can deadlift nine fifty. And I ain't deadlifted no nine fifty in my lifetime. I don't I could just put that out there right now and be comfortable with it. I'm gonna try one day. You could try all you want. I I ain't gonna try. (laughs) (laughs) I'm okay with not at this point. You know, so um that is, right? And then we got two twenty years that deadlift three fifteen. You know, and that's their max right now. So, you know, it's it's all about the training style, the history of it, you know. And so that myth of, you know, well, I, I weigh the same as you and I can outlift you. And I think that brought, well, that's, that's, that's a uh, shit attitude. Well, I think it brings up something that I was thinking about about five minutes ago, which is what you see out there 
in the world, you know, mm-hmm. what you see on social media, what you see, you're following these dudes and they're doing that. You're like, and, and, and this has happened in our facility. You know, you come up and you look at the powerlifting board and it's got all the weights in there and it's got the guys in there that have competed. They're like, oh, wow, you guys are really strong. I'm like, dude, don't worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to lift that weight right? just because that dude's in there. I mean, a guy like Vinny, you know, deadlifting 780 and squatting 780. Right. You know, it's like. Shit, most most people won't ever get to that point. So right. don't be comparing yourself with that. Yeah, you gotta. Where did you come into the gym? If it's two twenty five, and and next week, six months down the road, you're at three fifteen. Man, you made well, some damn. serious yeah. improvement, right? You know, and it's hard because yet again, I preference I'm that competitive mindset. It's like, well, shit. If that dude, my weight class, is doing this, well, I gotta be at least that or better, right? Well, and that's that's what I kind of appreciate about that leaderboard in there. It's not a leaderboard, right? It's a brag board, I think. It's you know? a brag board in our facility. Like, a lot of gyms will have it to where they get, you know, each weight class, squat, bench, and deadlift. The best one. And it's the best one. What we wanted to do in our community was put everyone that competes yeah. on a platform gets to put their name in there once they compete. So it just shows yep. the diversity. And again, it, it breaks that myth of, right. well, Vinny's, I've, what do I have, 50 pounds at least on Vinny, 60 pounds? And he out deadlifts me. Well, you gotta re- let's pr- let's remember this though. You know, five years ago, six years ago, when we when I met him and he and we opened this facility, five fifty. No, <laughs> the dude was only squatting five hundred. Yeah, and now he's squatting almost eight. Yeah, five. And before that, he had five or six solid years of power lifting under his belt. Mm-hmm. So this is a ten year progression for the dude. Yep. to get from where he started to deadlifting that. I mean, it's quick math. It, that's like. That's almost 60 pounds a year? Yeah, I don't know. That is incredible. But if this is kind of breaks the myths in the fact that that there's no myth about this. It takes 10 years, 10,000 reps, 10,000. Yeah. I mean. It takes time. That's proof. Right. This is proof. She's 12, 13 years in, and she's really hitting her stride now and her strength. You know, it's just, it's coming together to where I was sitting there yesterday doing legs with her, and I'm just like, after we got done training, I'm like, Dude, I did her weights and reps <laughs> through the whole leg training session. I might have done a couple of exercises where I doubled or tripled the rep right. ranges. But I just was at her way. I mean, this woman is so freaking strong. She's coming into her own yep. 12 years in. 12 years later. And that's that's what sucks, right? It's that we get these snapshots of these guys now. The best. You know? Their best yeah. at their best. <laughs> you know, and then it, you, you fail to realize, oh... They've been doing it for 10 years. Mm. Okay, well, you know, and I, I don't know if this happens to anybody else, but I'll see a newcomer on the scene and I'll be like, well, shit, I haven't heard of him before. He must be newer to the sport. So he's probably been lifting for two years or so. <laughs> right. Right, and that's usually not the case, right? Like Andy Black, he's a, you know, um, Scotland's strongest man. He's doing these huge shows now, and he's legitimately been in the sport for two years. You know, um, so you do get those guys, but it's literally it's a fraction, a fraction of, of a percent. You know, you know? so you know, uh, and, and back to that, you know, oh, we weigh the same, so we must lift the same. <laughs> no, not the case, right? It's how much dedication, how much time um, you put into the to the art, right? So well, and to kind of tie that all in with the overtraining, in twelve years of Melissa training, or ten years, or eleven, twelve years of Vinny training, or me or you. How many times have we overtrained? Mm-hmm. Have we gotten injured? Have we learned through that process to maximize our bodies, in, you know, 
sleep, hydration, food, rest, recovery, repair, and supplements and all, all these things, how long did it take us to maximize how we feel in our own body? Right. Right. And man, we've been, we all have been through some of it, some more than others. Yeah. Um, but like I said, you're always put, when you are pushing that night, 85 plus, you're going to get injured. And especially when you're getting to those, you know, max levels where you're trying to deliver 900 pounds or, you know, Vinny's going for over 800 pounds trying to get those big totals. Melissa benching 315 as a 150-pound woman, right. you know, and deadlifting. She's got to be close to getting to close to fives and stuff like that now. You know, when you're doing that, all of a sudden when you step into that gym and everything you do in the extra part of your life, you're conscious of what you're doing for yeah. those lifts so you are recovered as much as possible yeah. so you do not overtrain. I mean, I don't know how many yeah. times, you know, I've, you know, whether it be at work or, or wherever I'm at, like, yeah, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lift that. I got to train, you know, so and so. I know if I lift that right now, that's going to derail that or it's going to injure me or not, you know. Um, I did want to point some out, though. So with Melissa and Vinny, right, just two, you know, we'll call them freaks, right? Yeah. Um, Vinny is probably one of the most diligent mm -hmm. in his recovery work. Correct. Right? Um, he comes in, he, you know, he stretches. And mobility work. And mobility, yes. Uh, you know, he comes in, he works on his mobility and his stretching and all that jive. Then does his workout and then does it again. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't do that. Yeah, and, mm -hmm. and when and, you're on a business, man, you're, you're strapped for time. So yeah. But the thing is, is you start going, man, I'm so flipping tired of being injured. Oh, yeah. And I'm so tired of coming into the gym and not being able to hit my weights. I know I can. Yeah. That you start changing your mindset. And I, and I you know, we're stubborn, too, mm -hmm. as we are elite lifters. You know, I can say that for Melissa and I. We're dang stubborn as well because we know what it takes to get X. Yep. But then at the same time. It almost got to break us two or three times to be able to like, oh, you got to change a couple things yeah. in order to keep moving, progressing. Right? Yeah, and and I wish that I would learn that soon. Me too. Right, because I keep getting these little injuries, you know, that derail me from something and or turn into big injuries, you know, because I'm not doing the proper recovery as far as mobility and stretching, you know. I obviously sleep enough and eat enough now, but, um, you know, how much time do you and Melissa work on the mobility, the stretching and that? Melissa's is absolutely, she was the type of gal like you. You know, she'd come in, grab the weight, boom, boom, boom. Mm -hmm. First set's done, then 10 minutes, she's already max effort, you know. Um, now, it's 25, it's 20 minutes on leg days. Yep. For mobility and just getting all the blood flowing in the right areas before we even step on the platform, before we even grab a weight. So that's improved. But how many, t how, was it two years that she had to, some piriform, piriformis yeah. issues and, you know, had to really go, well, crap. You know, now that I'm consistently lifting heavier for years now, as you age and you're getting stronger and you're maxing everything out, we got to add something in to help yeah. this. And so she's doing a lot more of that as well. And I've had to as well, man. Like I said, it takes me 30. I mean, sometimes we're like two to three exercises in before I'm like, all right, let's start lifting. It takes that much for us. I was going to say, your, your, uh, your warm-up to get into the routine was my entire bicep day the other day. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. By the time we were done, I was like, cool, I'm out. That's just so I could pull heavy. That, you know, I could just do <laughs> right? some heavy back that day. It was just to get in the, you know, the elbows and the biceps. Yeah. Know? But, man, in six weeks, I feel like a different person there. 
you know, yep. and you can really push some things. And I mean, if this guy's hurting and you're trying to pull, which guy's pulling more? Yeah. Are you going to get more tension on this side, right? Exactly. So, you know, for a bodybuilder and you're looking at a, a piece of art, once you're standing on stage, right, you want it to be as balanced as possible. Yep. And if you have injuries, man, they're just going to... You know, Exacerbate those really big trap yeah. on this side, small one on this side. You know, right. man, you know, it's an extreme. But I have seen well, guys I mean, that actually look like right? that yeah. too, though. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's definitely some, you know, that uh, that don't take that to heart and kind of the package uh, suffers for it, right? So I think it's pretty good. We kind of walked through our version of what um, overtraining looks like, and and for the most part, you can control it with the right amount of recovery absolutely and and how you eat and how you sleep and mobility and things like that um and then also we threw in a whole bunch of some gym myths that we've seen and yeah um we might do another podcast on more extreme gym myths but uh i think that was pretty good you got anything else to add no um no i think that wraps it up uh yeah Hydrate, sleep, eat right, train your ass off. Do it all again. Do do it all again. (laughs) We'll see you next time.